Hello everybody. Welcome back to the Forgotten Conservative. Um, hadn't been very long since the last uh, podcast, but uh, there's a few things that's come up over the last day or so that I wanted to touch on, give uh, my perspective on. And uh, so there's no rhyme or reason to the podcast. Uh, part of this foray is that things happen constantly. Life doesn't stop. Like a uh, what did old Ferris Bueller say? You know, if you blink, you miss it. So life doesn't stop, and and you can certainly rest assured that the left does not stop. Uh, it, it's it's a constant, steady march. And I don't want to use any bad metaphors or devolve like the left has back with Trump talking about Hitler and and just, you know, the bad orange man. But if you think about some of the worst people, regimes, uh, despots throughout history, and, and that constant march forward, that's what the left is. They just constantly keep on. They just barrage us day after day. And, you know, as Republicans, especially as us conservatives, we're, we're constantly on defense. So the, you hear these stories. We're just we're inundated with these stories over and over and over. And, and it's... Where do you start? Where do you start your defense? I, I mean, we can't possibly, I, I say we can't, but that's that's part of what this podcast is for, is for us to start our defense. We can't, as a, as a single individual, we can't do it. We And then we throw up our hands. Well, what are you going to do? Okay, but we have to start somewhere. There has to be a starting point for us as individuals to say stop. Okay, you no longer do you dictate the premise of the argument. You don't get to dictate. It's time for us to stand together and to start dictating the premise. To take to to take that power away from them. Now, obviously, it's a daunting task. Admittedly. They have the media. They, they have everything going in their favor. But if you read your Bible, if you understand that literally, and, and this is not hyperbole, please don't, I will do my best to, to not use hyperbole to but simply to illustrate that there this is good versus evil and I'm, I'm not saying any one person from the the left is evil there are some and there have been some throughout our history 
I mentioned John C. Calhoun a couple of podcasts ago, and I truly believe that man was evil. But in today's arena, you know, I'm not going to point a finger. That's not what I'm here for. I don't need to, to put down the left to elevate myself or my principles or my arguments. That's not what I'm here for. But for the soul of this nation, we have to, to view this as good versus evil. There is a reason, you know, and there's so many little things, and, and hopefully throughout the course of this podcast, we'll go through these different areas, but there's so many aspects of the words that our founding fathers chose to use, but when they say all enemies foreign and domestic, this is precisely what, what they were talking about. Yes, it was a different era. Know that, that old argument that they bring up, there, uh, there wasn't technology, the, uh, telephones, internet, so on and so forth. But that's all they have. That literally, it, that, that equates to if you have a, 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 a discussion about abortion, the first thing they will bring up is what about incest or rape? That is the first thing they bring up every single time, and it represents probably less than 3% of all abortions. But yet, they're going to give you the worst case scenario to point out that you are such a bad guy that if your wife, mother, or daughter are raped or a victim of incest, that you want that, that person, that female, to have a child and, and not have the, the ability or the right, quote-unquote, right to abort, to commit murder, okay? When you're talking about something that's literally less than about 3% of all abortions, that, that's not an argument. That's not a defense. Okay? So that's, that's what we're dealing with here. These people know no bounds. So we have to be prepared to fight. Uh, you know, like in The Godfather. We have to be prepared to go to the mattresses. And we have to be prepared to fight to maintain our freedoms, our liberties, to maintain what yesterday's generations gave to us. <clears throat> Excuse me. Look at it like an inheritance. We have inherited what, what our founding fathers gave us. It is no different than if, if you or anybody has uh, wealth, or, or even if it's not wealth, even if it's something simple, you, you know, your mom or your dad or, or, or who, a relative toils their entire life building whatever they, they choose to build. 
whatever fortune they may have accumulated that the government did not seize. And they want to pass it on as an inheritance. That's what our forefathers did. That's, that's, that's what Abraham Lincoln understood. He understood that our forefathers knew, okay, we have to get this country started. We have to, we have to start this experiment of a government, as Lincoln said, by the people, for the people. I mean, that's what it's about. Passing it on. And so it's of us. It's for us and it is by us. And it's up to us to pass it on. Reagan, he said, we are just one genera generation removed from freedom. It's up to every generation to maintain it. And we can no longer sit in silence and allow this to, to continue. So that's what this is about. We don't have to, to beat up the opposition. We don't have to pick at scabs like they choose to do, race, ethnicity, uh, gay, straight, hetero, uh, the whole nine yards. Right? It makes me dizzy. Literally, it's like, you know, on a merry-go-round that never ends with everything. So we have to start being proactive in whatever way. Bumper stickers on your vehicles. Shirts, hats, whatever it takes. We, whatever your voice has the capacity of, that's what we need to do. So the first thing that has really has me frustrated more than anything is this infrastructure bill. Okay, there was a vote. In fact, two votes last week and Chucky Schmucky Schumer is trying to force this through. He knows, Schumer knows, he's got two years. He's going to be one of, one of those guys that go down as a tie for the, the shortest reign as a majority, as a Senate majority leader. I mean, he already knows. He's, he has the majority simply by Kuki Kamala as the tiebreaker. Come another year and a half from now, he's, he's, he's going to lose that majority. He knows that. And even if by some chance they maintain a razor-thin majority, the Republicans are going to take the House. Now, we'll see what McCarthy does as speaker but regardless of how McCarthy does you're going to have a Republican House and a Democrat Senate and so it's going to be very difficult for legislation 
to get to President Toodle's desk. Okay? So, Schumer's trying to push this infrastructure bill through the Senate. Now, I don't know how you guys feel about infrastructure, but when I hear, and Trump did too, and I did not, this is one of the areas that I did not agree with Trump on infrastructure, okay? We pay taxes. We pay taxes out of every pore of our bodies. And I say that, but it's almost literal. Because when you work and toil and sweat, okay, that is what you earn. Whatever endeavor it is that you earn, that's what you earn. And the government says, okay, this is your money that you've earned. This is our portion but we're going to allow you to keep the rest of it. And that's, that's in essence, if you listen to, to the left, to Democrats, to the AOC types, that's how they look at it. And if you don't believe those words, think about any president, Trump, Bush, uh, GW, HW, Reagan, okay, the last Republican presidents that wanted to cut taxes. When these bills go through the, the, the rigors of negotiation, etc., they come out with a report that the government is going to lose X number of millions, X number of billions by the tax cuts. The government is going to lose. Wait a minute. How does the government lose? This isn't, our money is not the government's money. It is our money. So how is the government going to lose? <coughs> Excuse me. The government is simply going to reduce the amount of money that they take. So anyway, they've got this infrastructure. Our taxes, when you go to the gas pump, now, I heard this figure 15, 20 years ago. I have no idea what it is now. But at the time, about, depending on the state and county, the city you were living in, somewhere between about 39 cent to 47, 48 cent per gallon was going to federal, state, and local taxes. Now, we were all told way back when that the taxes you paid for gasoline contributed to the maintenance 
of the roadways. I can remember back, uh, maybe 08, maybe 2010, Elizabeth Warren first proffered this. Now, she may have got it from, uh, you know, Emperor Barack. I don't know if this was her original thought or if it was Obama's, because I heard him espouse it during the 2012 uh, re-election campaign. But, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I said Elizabeth Warren. Squaw Elizabeth Warren, because she's one 1,024th Indian. Nevertheless, but she said that when people think businesses, corporations think that the government doesn't deserve part of their profits, they have to understand that the employees, that everybody that either goes to manufacture that product or everyone that goes to buy that product uses public roads. So the government had every right to steal, to take by force, to put a gun to that corporation, to that small business owner, and take what it wants. That's how the left thinks. And that was 10, 15 years ago from Elizabeth Warren, Senator Swa Elizabeth Warren. But that's how they view our money. It's not ours. They just determine how much we can keep. The sooner we understand this, the sooner that, that we can make a change. The federal government has zero business involved in infrastructure. The federal government should, by and large, now, I know this is, people are going to think this is far out there, but ultimately, it's not. Uh, this first came up, and this is from memory, I haven't researched, but just from memory, John Quincy Adams and Andrew Jackson, this was a major campaign issue. The Whig Party that died out, okay, back, I guess that would have been maybe 1820s-ish, up until the mid-1850s, Henry Clay was uh, a, a leading uh, Whig party member. Okay, and the, the party at that time basically followed where he led. But the Whig party was against federal dollars for infrastructure. You had the railroads. The railroads being constructed. Um, Stephen Douglas from the Lincoln-Douglas debates. Douglas had bought up 
large pieces of land. He wanted to bring the railroad out west through parts of this land that he had bought up. And there were those in the federal government that said, no, the, of course, nowadays that would be a huge scandal. Back then, it was probably less than desirable, but you know, it wasn't like it is today. Nevertheless, that's stuff that, that fell upon the states. And most of the politicians back then felt like that that was the state's issues. That wasn't the federal government's issues. The federal government, maybe Washington, D.C., uh, if uh, like a military base, if there's roads that need to be fixed on a military base, uh, wildlife preserve, Yosemite National Park, national monuments, parks, etc. Okay, that's the federal government. That's their property. Then it's a federal issue. But just for our uh, highways, byways, roads, bridges, tunnels, etc., those are states' issues. Those should be funded by the states. Now, whatever part of that 40 39 to 47%, whatever part that goes to the federal government, if they're collecting our taxes through gasoline, well then, yes, by God, that money should go back into the infrastructure. That money alone, nothing more, nothing less. But the votes, the two votes last week, there was no text on the bill. This is how run amok our government is. Not only our government, the Republican Party, because you've got the Senate Minority Leader, Mitch McConnell, the, the turtle, okay, who voted for this. Now, there was no text. There was no bill. And you had a handful of Republicans voting to, in favor of cloture to move this forward to be debated on the floor of the Senate. How can you have a vote on something that you haven't read, that you don't even know? You have no idea what these kooky leftists have put into this bill or are in the process of putting into this bill. And you vote for it? Do you know, and many people don't know this, okay, that infamous scene when that scoundrel, John McCain. Now, I'm going to say it. He was a scoundrel. He was a great patriot. He, his military record withstanding. I voted for him. 
I didn't contribute to him. I contributed to GW, but I did not contribute to his campaign. That vote that he did on the floor of the Senate with a thumbs down wasn't even a vote on the bill. That vote, thumbs down, was to move it out of to where they could debate the bill. <coughs> and he made a big production to come out there and give a thumbs down, I don't know, one, two o'clock in the morning just for Trump. And the man had campaigned in Arizona about repealing and replacing Obamacare. That's how he won re-election. And he done that to his constituents in Arizona because he didn't like Donald J. Trump. And for that, I make no apologies for calling the man a scoundrel. Regardless, his military record withstanding Because I come from the school of you earn your key every day you go to work. If you're going to be the type of man, the type of individual that says, I did a good job yesterday so I can take it easy today, that's not who I want. I want the politician, the congressman, the senator, that's going to go to work every single day and be a conservative. Not somebody who for 20 years as a senator, oh, I'm a maverick, self-titled self maverick. I can get along bipartisan. This, that's that bipartisan? We're $30 trillion in debt. Hasn't there been enough bipartisan? Mitch McConnell. Oh, oh God. Well, we're working with the Democrats in the, in the front majority later. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're coming up with a bipartisan deal. Yeah, bipartisan, bi, bifrickle, bi, bi, bisexual. Yeah, we're, we're just bipartisan. Stand up, Mitch McConnell. Stand up and represent the good people of Kentucky. Because heretofore, you have done a lousy job representing the people of Kentucky, representing the Republican Party. You want to know Mitch McConnell? First of all, Mitch McConnell is in bed with China. His wife is of Chinese descent. Mitch McConnell knew McCain was going to kill the health care bill, the repeal and replace. He knew ahead of time. And he set Trump up. Oh, give McConnell praise for the judges? He didn't have a choice on the judges. 
Mitch McConnell knew McCain's vote. He had those two wishy-washy senators, Lisa Murkowski, Alaska, Susan Collins, Maine, and he knew that McCain was going to join them too. And Susan Collins is damn lucky because she's been primary and she had to hold on for dear life to be reelected this term. Now she's got six years. Six years of squishy, wishy-washy votes until she has to worry about it again. Dr. Fauci. Oh, I can't. I tell you what. This guy's on TV. This blankety blank blank is on TV every time you turn around. First of all, he was on one of these Sunday shows. I think it was ABC. And, and by the way, these Sunday shows. When I was a kid growing up, I, you know, I used to watch shows like Crossfire, uh, This Week with David Brinkley. You know, I used to watch all these shows. And would often, uh, I mean, okay, my father, you know, he's always in a football pool. And on Sunday, because you had uh, the NFL on two channels, we had two TVs. He would bring both TVs into the living room to watch both games at the same time. Okay? If I could have, at that age, 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, I would have had both TVs in the living room watching the Sunday shows. That's how ate up I've been with all this. Okay? But they were respectable. Yeah, they were still probably biased, but it was hidden. It was subliminal. These got F. Chuck Todd, that weasel on NBC, stated two or three years ago, if you don't believe in climate change, you're not even coming on my program. Well, wait a minute. Are you... A journalist? Because a journalist wants to, the truth. The journalist wants to put the facts out there for the people and let them decide. But no, not F. Chuck Todd with his, you know, rug, roadkill, whatever he's got going on with his hairdo, okay? Not this guy. He says, if you don't believe in climate change, you're a flat earther, and you ain't coming on my program. And people wonder why conservatives, Republicans, have stopped watching they wonder why their ratings are going down the tubes. NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, 
They wonder why they're losing viewership, i.e. revenue, ads. They wonder where it's going and why. But they don't care. They don't care. This Fauci, this so-and-so, basically, not basically, we're not going to parse words here. Fauci said, you don't have an individual right to make a choice as to whether or not you want to wear a mask, whether or not you want to get vaccinated. You don't have that individual right. Okay, well, time out, Dr. Fauci. Why don't I have the individual right to consult my physician or multiple physicians? You know, usually some people, especially women, will have this doctor and this doctor and that one. Okay, so why can't I consult my health care officials to determine if the vaccine is right for me? Well, you see, you've got to get vaccinated because uh, you don't have an individual right. See, um, if you don't get the vaccination and you don't wear the mask, you, you're in the risk of uh, giving it to somebody else. And now they've got it and they may die. And you've infringed upon their individual right. Oh, wait, time out, Dr. Fauci. Okay, if I make a conscious decision to not wear a mask, to not get the vaccine, and I walk into a convenience store here in the great state of Florida with the super governor, Ron DeSantis, okay, and somebody goes to the fountain drink machine, I'm going to get a Diet Coke. Well, shouldn't that person have his own mask on? Doesn't he have the individual right to either get the vaccine or not, wear the mask or not, stay social distance or not? So if it all comes down to individual choice, which is the way it's supposed to be, there's no provision in the Constitution that says you don't get to be free, you don't get life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness in the time of a pandemic. Or a hurricane, or a tornado. It's not in the Constitution. Oh, uh, you see, uh, you don't get to make that choice. You don't. That's not up to you. You gotta listen to the government, cause, cause, cause we, we know best. But wait a minute, Doctor Fauci. Time out. You were seen at a baseball game with no mask. Um. Well, wait a minute. What are you doing? This is supposed to be a friendly interview. Um. Hold on. Who are you talking to? I've been in the government for fifty years. 
I've been in the, I've been in the Washington D.C. longer than Joe Biden, uh, and, and trust me, there I got to stab a lot of people in the back to to stay in power for 50 years, and one of those was Donald J. Trump. Oh, I stabbed him in the back. Oh yeah. So who do you think you're talking to? With all due respect, you don't know what you're talking about. That's what we get. Do as I say. Don't do as I do. That's how. That's that's their attitude. That is the left's attitude. Dr. Fauci, Sunday show, that sums it up. They don't believe they that we our individual liberties and freedoms are circumspect. They get to choose. Just like our tax dollars. It's not your money. It's what we allow you to keep. And, and that man honestly believes, he believes we don't have an individual right to make our own choices. What's best for us between me and my physician That's their mentality. And the sooner we as conservatives, as non-leftists, non-democrats, the sooner we recognize this and fight against it, the better off we will be. You have it's a time for choosing. We are, we are at the precipice of losing this country. Illegal immigration flooding over the border. We can't control. Guess what? What was the highest month of illegals Coming to the United States last month. What was the highest month before that? The month before that. June. What was the highest month before that? May. The highest month before that? April. How many people do you think it takes to turn Texas, Arizona, Florida, Tennessee, from red to blue. The last time we won California was 1988 with HW. And it's been blue, strong, heavy blue ever since. Why? Illegal aliens. No, I don't give a crap. They're not undocumented whatevers. They are illegal aliens. as stated in the 14th Amendment. That's what they are. You can change the language, but just like the immigration reform bill, maybe 60, 
Okay, do people realize that from maybe the right after World War One, early 20s, through maybe 64, there was virtually zero immigration. They shut it down. Why? To let the people that have immigrated assimilate. Ted Kennedy was one of the sponsors of the immigration bill when LBJ went to the foot of uh, the Statue of Liberty and, and made a production of the new immigration bill that reopened immigration to this country. And they have, it's just, it's metastasized since that point. Reagan, maybe 86, signed uh, an immigration bill to, guess what? In Reagan's immigration bill, to build a fence, we're going to give everybody here illegal amnesty, but we're going to build a fence and we're going to stop the, the leaks. Guess what? The Democrats had control of the Congress, of the House, and never funded it. Never funded that original bill to start building a fence, which, fast forward, was Trump's wall. GW signed the bill to build a fence. The Democrat House never funded it. They could not get the funding through. And the Republicans caved. This infrastructure. Why doesn't Mitch McConnell say, you know what? Not one single Republican, Mitt Romney, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, none of you. Nobody is voting for infrastructure until we close the border. You want to make our people wear masks, vaccinate, and you're letting these people through the border and sending them wherever they want to go, unvaccinated, untested, and then going to condemn American citizens. And oh, Mitch McConnell just passively, passively rolls over. Oh, bipartisanship. We're going to be bipartisan. While he's making money off of China. Why do you think they don't they don't investigate Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, Diane Feinstein, Nancy Pelosi, uh, Swalwell? There's so many of our politicians in Washington that are in bed with China. It would make your head spin.
but yet we're going to sit there and pay $1.2 trillion. And, and when the bill come out, what's today, Monday? Sunday night, the bill was released, the text of the bill was released to the senators about 9 o'clock, 8, 9, 10 o'clock. 2,700 pages. Do you know what other legislation went and was passed with about that many pages? Obamacare, 2010. And what did Nancy Pelosi say about Obamacare, Bill? Well, once we pass it, we'll know what's in the bill. What? Seriously? So you're going to have the House of Representatives vote on the bill, the United States Senate considered the most deliberative body in the world, vote on the bill, and you don't know what's in it? You gotta be effing kidding me. That was the day of the vote where John Lewis and Nancy Pelosi are, are walking through the streets and John Lewis said that somebody spit on him and they were calling him racial epithets and was just saying all kind of horrible things to him. And nobody, it's nowhere. 20, May 2010, walking through, you know, the crowd going into the Capitol, Nancy Pelosi's got her special gavel and this guy says, oh, it's not bad enough. We're fixing to take over one-sixth of the American economy. But I was spat on. I was called the N-word. There was a, at least a $10,000 reward for anybody that had video of it. But that became the story. Not what they were about to pass. They had one Republican member of the House vote for that bill. Some blankety blank in, I think it was Louisiana. And they called it bipartisan. One Republican out of what is it? 435 members. One Republican. But yet, it was bipartisan. The first ever tax on white people. Now, I don't care. I don't think that's necessarily a big deal. But there were things in that bill that had absolutely nothing to do 
with health care. Over 2,500 pages. And we've got a 2,700 infrastructure bill sitting there. Now we're fixing to take on amendments. And there's no telling how many hundreds of pages of amendments that will be added. And guess what? Here's the bad part. They are so eager to get this through the Senate because they're going to go home for August recess and they're going to come back and they're going to force another $3 trillion through that's human infrastructure. Human infrastructure? What is that? I mean, are, are we rebuilding Steve Austin, the $6 million man? What is human infrastructure? But see, the dirty little secret is all the squishy, wishy-washy Dastardly Republicans will vote for this bill. This $1.2 trillion infrastructure. The next one, they don't have to vote for. They can say, oh no, we're opposed. Because they know the Democrats can get it through the House and they can get it through the Senate on reconciliation. So they can say, oh, we voted for the, the roads, the streets, the bridges, the tunnels. Yeah, that's, that's meaningful. That's bipartisanship. But we didn't vote for this new Green Deal. We didn't vote for human infrastructure. You should have held your ground. You should have held their feet to the fire, say close the border, and if you don't put all of it in one bill, we're not voting for this one. But McConnell doesn't want... Let me tell you about Mitch McConnell. You know how dirty he is? Herschel Walker is debating on running for the United States Senate in Georgia. I remember Herschel Walker at the University of Georgia. He's a good and decent man. He's an honest man. Do you know that Mitch McConnell had an aide dig up divorce records, uh, records from his ex-wife, and have not only thrown that out there, but his aide tweeted about it and bragged about trying to take down Herschel Walker, an honest man, a God-fearing man, Christian man, that has helped inner-city youth his entire life. He grew up poor. 
And this guy revels in the fact that he put it out there in a public forum. And Mitch McConnell gave that man the green light to try and destroy Herschel Walker before he even declared. We don't know if Herschel Walker's going to run. But they're trying to destroy the man before he even declares. That's Mitch McConnell. That's how nasty he is. Senator Mike Lee, running for re-election in Utah. A good and decent man. His brother, even Mike Lee, but certainly his brother should be considered for the Supreme Court. His brother's more conservative than he is. Mitch McConnell has two Republicans trying to primary Senator Mike Lee from Utah. They got Mitt Romney over there and McConnell is trying to get rid of Mitch Lee. That's the Senate minority leader. We blink, we miss this stuff. It happens every single day. We have to start somewhere. We have to make our voices be heard. The left are the most litigious group probably in the world. The, the, the American left, the American liberals and progressives are probably the single most litigious group that any society has ever seen. They want to destroy the civil society. They want to destroy our, day, our daily way of life, what we've grown accustomed to, the things that we hold near and dear in our hearts. They don't believe in the national anthem the Pledge of Allegiance, under God. This country was founded under God. God has been the driving force of good in this country. And they want to tell you that these guys are evil, dirty, rotten men because they were slave owners. But they won't tell you that the British Empire disallowed us from outlawing slavery. We didn't have a choice because we had to pay taxes to the British Crown. We could not found a country. These guys could not go to Philadelphia and do the important work and work their farms because they had to pay taxes. It's not an excuse. 
It's the reality. <sighs> anyway, forgive me if I got loud. Not if. <laughs> forgive me for when I did get loud. But just as I say this is an inheritance, that we've inherited this great nation, we not only have we inherited it, but we have to save it. You know, if you inherit a fortune, it's, it's not only your job to inherit it, but it's kind of your job to maintain it, to maintain the principle and pass it on. And our principles, our founding documents, we have to inherit, we have to maintain, and we have to make our children and our grandchildren understand that freedom isn't free. It's not automatic. We have to fight to maintain our freedom and our liberties. Okie dokie. Well, thank you for playing along, joining me on this journey. Not sure how this episode is going to come out how it's going to sell. Um, but I can tell you it was honest. It was pure. It's from the heart. And it's how I feel. Um, and I'm going to do what I can do. This is what I can do to do my part. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, till next time, this is the Forgotten Conservative. Hope you have a wonderful day.